everyone, and welcome to episode 385 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Hey, Seth. Doing well. How are you doing? Ah, not bad, not bad. I'm I'm recovering, been a little sick over the last week, but I'm I'm getting there. I'm feeling a lot better than I was last week. So excited about that. But we got another co-host in Krim. Good morning, Krim. How are you today? Uh, good morning. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Pretty uh, like excited. I mean, we got a bunch of new secret layers. So yeah, that's one of our topics for today. Actually, we're we're kind of jumping around a little bit. We got a bunch of smaller topics to get to today in one kind of big one, I guess. We got some surprise bannings last week in Pioneer. So we want to talk about the BNR. Uh, there's a possibility that shrinkflation is coming to magic with some box sizes. We want to talk about that. The amount of legends that are being printed, a new secret layer drop answering some fish mail. So we're going to be bouncing from place to place today. But before we get into that, a reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And we've been telling you about Card Conduit, a great way to sell your magic collection and their curated shipment service that lets you sell your valuable cards with a reduced service fee for quite a while now. As long as your cards have a retail value of at least $2, you can send in as many as you want and still just pay a 5% service fee. And as with all of Card Conduit services, you don't gotta sort your cards, you don't gotta grade your cards, you get to skip over all those hassles and just safely package everything up and ship them out and you'll even get a detailed report with the results. So you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option is a way to buy list cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and a low, low service fee of just 5%. And you can even get another 10% off if you head over to cardconduit.com slash mdggoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thank you to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic. And let's start off with what I think is probably the biggest news of the week, which is bannings in Pioneer. I don't think we had a in our schedule anymore. They just kind of randomly pop up on any given day. So June 7th, we got to be in our Richard. What actually changed with this ban list announcement? All right. Uh, Pioneer and Explorer. Uh, so in Pioneer, Winota Joiner of Forces is banned. Expressive Iteration is banned. And Explorer, Expressive Iteration is banned. Winota is already banned in Explorer. So essentially those two cards banned in both formats. I'm very pleased with this. They have finally recognized expressive iteration as a ridiculous <laughs> card. Uh, that that card should have been banned so long ago. Should banned in all formats. Like you know, in the formats where it's quote unquote okay, it still warps everyone into playing those colors. So I I finally agree. And then Winota, everyone's always been complaining about Winota. I guess it's time for Winota to go. Uh, but yeah, so two two I guess fairish fairish cards being banned. What do you guys think? Ah, uh, good good changes for sure like Winota is a card that people have talked about for a while I definitely felt like it had to go and explore and it did a few weeks ago and I've always been on the fence in Pioneer it's definitely been the best deck in the format it's definitely not very fun to play against but then it is a deck that I beat on occasion it's not like a, a hogak or something where it's like every time I play against it I just get crushed so that made me think like I don't know like if they ban it I'm fine if they don't ban it I'm gonna be happy about it but I will definitely take it because it's just it's an overpowered unfun guard it's one of the remnants of that like 2019 2020 design where everything was just so incredibly broken and then expressive iteration i think that low card low-key like broke every format but it took it took wizards like a year to realize it but if you look back on the last year of magic since that was printed in strixhaven is it dominated or blue red x decks dominated 
literally every format, and I'm talking from standard all the way back through vintage, legacy, whatever, that has been the top deck in the format. And if you look at the bannings that we've had, so many of the bannings have been nibbling at these is it decks. We got like Time Warp and Brainstorm and Memory Lapse and uh, in Historic, we had the standard bannings, Divide by Zero going, Alrin's Epiphany, those were primarily played in is it decks. Uh, we had Ragavan going Legacy that was primarily is it Delver. So it seems to me like Expressive Iteration is the card that like supercharged is it in every format. And Wizards has spent the past year like banning non expressive iteration cards out of those decks. And finally, I think they realize, okay, maybe this card is actual problem and got rid of it. And I fully expect we're going to see it get banned in more formats at this point. If you look at the play rates, it was like high 20 percentage and uh, a 20 percent play rate in Pioneer. But if you look at modern, if you look at legacy, those formats, it's like in the mid 20s. It's not that far behind Pioneer. So I think that we're just going to see over the course of the next months or year, expressive iteration just end up being banned in basically every format. Good. Cause yeah, like that, that card is busted. Like I, I, I think it's like legitimately one of the best, like whatever is it can't, it's not a cantrip, but, or you know what I mean? Like a filtering spell, a draw spell. I don't know. Super anticipate whatever it is. It's amazing. It is one of the best cards printed in a long time. So I'm happy to see it go. Uh, and you know, like it, it, I'm also very happy that Winota is gone. Still waiting for like, like Lotus field. Just because it's just not like really interactable. Also, like I think a thing here is like before anyone yells at us, I, I don't think that Winota is like too powerful. Before someone says it's beatable, it's not that broken. It it's fine that it's beat like like it's beatable. I mean, like I technically think I I have a relatively decent win rate against it, but I think the pattern of play is just like miserable. Yeah, it's the ultimate like removal check. <laughs> like you have the removal for it and then the game continues or you don't have the removal for it and you just lose on the spot. And I don't think that's like an especially healthy play pattern, especially in a format like Pioneer, which just it's not legacy. It's not modern. It, you're not playing a ton of free interactive spells. Like if you had all those tools, I mean, Winona is legal in those formats and theoretically even better because you have more tools to work alongside it. And Winona is not a problem in modern. It's not and never yeah. been a problem in legacy because you have the tools for it. Pioneer just doesn't have those tools, and I don't want it to have those tools. I don't want to get a Pioneer Horizons where all of a sudden we have a ton of free interaction in the format. So I think, especially in a format like Pioneer, you just don't really want that play pattern. It's not a, it, it's a fine play pattern if it was like a tier three deck at the bottom of the meta, some like janky deck that you saw on occasion. But as far as being like the best deck in the format, it is just not an especially healthy play pattern. Even if you can beat it on a, like sometimes you pass the removal check and you win, but you, even with considering that, it's still just, oh, it's not a really healthy way to have a format uh, evolve and be dominated by a deck like that. Full agree. I, right, I gotta so ask you a question about this though. In the BNR announcement, Wizards mentioned banning expressive iteration kind of to keep Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time in the format. They like that Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time differentiate Pioneer from other Eternal formats. What do you think about that theory? Like, should Wizards actively be trying to keep those powerful devil spells in the format? Are they going to have to be banned eventually anyway? Really curious about that aspect of this BNR. I, I, I think that that treasure cruise will eventually have to go. Uh, uh th that card is also very, very good, right? You're able to see like the Phoenix decks and all that stuff, like spin through almost like nine cards or something like that in a turn. Uh, and then, uh, but I, and I think of like dig through time, uh, like right now it, it's fine. Like 
surprisingly, right now it's just fine. But I, I don't know, like, Dig Through Time has not felt like what it was when I was going to, like, you know, Dig Through Time in Modern, right? Because the things, you're, you're the power level of what I'm getting in Modern felt, like, absolutely busted. So, I don't know, in Pioneer, it just feels okay right now. I think this is dumb, because, like Krim said, eventually these cards will be banned, right? Like, there, there's no way these cards are banned in older formats. Like, eventually you'll get enough critical mass of graveyard filling spells so currently the the big difference is no fetches right but eventually you'll get enough cantrips or whatever to power these cards up and then you have to ban them so why would you build the identity of pioneer around cards that will be banned right and i i really hope they don't bend over backwards like banning every support blue card that like makes these good uh, and then eventually just ban this and then blue has nothing, right? So <laughs> I, I can see them totally doing this. And it, it seems weird. Like who's like, oh, I want to play Treasure Cruise. Let's play Pioneer, right? Like it's weird that they're trying to attach Treasure Cruise to Pioneer and it, it will be banned eventually. Like there's just no way, right? Like eventually we'll have enough good cards uh, to power it up. So I, I, I think it's weird. Yeah, unless, I, they, I, unless they try to like grandfather it in, right? Like how how like they did with a uh, uh, brainstorm for a while. People yeah, would always talk about like banning brainstorm. Formats. Of course, that's what we want. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a losing battle. There's just no way. I totally agree with Richard. There's no way long term that these cards are going to be healthy. So. It scares me a little bit to see them. I mean, I fully think expressive iteration needed to go. I just don't like the justification of it because I don't really want them to warp the ban list around keeping cruise, uh, cruise and dig through time legal because you're just not going to convince me that those cards are going to be safe two years, three years, five years from now. As we keep getting more cards in the format, even without the full on fetch lands, there's no way that these cards are going to be healthy. And if we end up with a bunch of cards on the ban list trying to keep these cards in the format and then they got to get banned, then we're in a really awkward, weird position. And I also, I don't know about the differentiation argument. Like, I get what they're saying, but is having a busted card in the format a good way to differentiate? Like, if you dumped Oko or Black Lotus into Pioneer, it would make it feel different than Modern because those cards aren't legal, but no one's going to actually enjoy the format because it's just a super busted card that shouldn't be legal. So I don't know if I, I totally agree with the logic between differentiating the formats this way. And I think there's enough differentiation. Like, the fetch lands that themselves and what that does to mana bases that by itself makes pioneer feel a lot different than modern you don't have the four color value piles at the top of the meta so i think that even just that change is enough to make the formats feel different so i hope they eventually just get off this keeping crews and dig around like like krim said they're not really super problematic right now treasure cruise is some more problematic of the two but there's just no way these cards are safe long term corporate speak treasure cruise dig through time secret layer already in the pipeline it's got a <laughs> We gotta, we gotta sell those before we do anything. <laughs> I think, I I think they're in double masters, true. right? The, the, <laughs> they've got, they've got to be, they've got to be. Oh, uh, any, any other questions, thoughts on the ban list before we keep moving on? So, so Wizards actually touched upon the other formats. So, there's something interesting here. In standard, they said various three colored mid speed decks are the most played archetypes. I've never heard them use the word mid speed before. <laughs> Uh, but they're saying basically standard is okay. They're saying modern is okay with is it Merktide being only 10% of the metagame and hovers around 50% win rate. 
And they're saying in Legacy, since Raghavan was banned, is it Delver has come down in play? And then they're like, Vintage, we don't care. There's no data. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think about this take on the other formats? And what the heck is mid-speed? Like, do, do we just get rid of mid-range or something? And like, what does this mean? <laughs> that, that sounds like mid-range written by someone who's like never played Magic before or something. Like something you, like a brand new player would call like mid-range. But it's got to just mean mid-range, right? That's got to be like what they're Slow combo they're decks or slower aggro decks. Like you're, it's not what you traditionally think of as mid-range, but they're not fast enough. Like, I, I mean, I think they're those decks like Esper, Grixis. To me, those are just mid-range decks. Those are pretty, like, classical definitions of what I would consider mid-range. But I don't... Uh, what do you think, Krim? Are those mid-range decks, or are they something else? That, I I think they're mid-range. Like, it, it, it sounds like that's just a new way of saying mid-range. It seems less Judge. descriptive Mid-speed to me. Mid-speed all-star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mid-speed... I mean, John, out of Jesus... I, I do mostly agree with what they're saying. I think that standard is actually in a pretty healthy spot for standard modern. It's modern. It's, it's all modern horizons too, but they are correct that it is diverse. There is a diversity among the different MH2 archetypes, but it is very MH2 dri uh, driven. Probably the most questionable one just from what I've seen from other players is legacy where it seems like a lot of legacy players think that Delver is still a problem, even with Ragavan being banned. So that was the only one that really caught me by surprise. Uh, but I haven't played a ton of legacy. I've played a little bit recently, but I haven't played as much as a legacy player would. So I'm just going by what I hear legacy players talking about, like on social media or whatever. So that was the weirdest one for me. But I do think they're right that Standard and Modern are in a relatively good place right now. Like I think Modern's hot garbage. <laughs> I told you guys I, I started playing Modern again. And I just stopped. Why? Why? Why did you stop? What did you not like about it? Was it that, it that deck is so dumb? Like deck? so, Merktide, Merktide no. Agent. You oh, basically have bad. one mid-range deck, which is if that's what you want to call Merktide, and then like all degenerate combo decks trying to like combo off before Merktide happens, right? <laughs> like, and Merktide is playing like double as much as the next deck. I, I think that is actually a big issue. Like that's not the diversity in modern I'm looking for. But, like, you you either die to Raghavan, right? So you have to have removal for Raghavan or you're dead, right? And then they, like, Merktide you. You can't even Fatal Push or anything, right? Like, these stupid mana reduction cards without the appropriate removal is, like, ridiculous. So you just can't play anything mid-rangey or control against Merktide, right? So you just got to, like, super combo them out, which is basically the rest of the modern meta. So I think it's actually more miserable. Like, it, it feels like... Hogak era, right? Where you're just like, I don't know. There's like this degenerate deck and it's all degeneracy and you can play other decks, but you just got to be like super degenerate and like win on turn two. <laughs> and like, I don't know. That doesn't seem fun uh, to me. Interesting. So uh, the thing that's annoyed me most in modern and yeah, Murktide is like, I don't know why Wizards keeps printing busted delve spells. Like that's that's one of the should have known betters, especially after Hogak in the first modern horizon. Like, come on now, Wizards, you and your like cost reduction, big things are always going to be broken somewhere. But I wonder about Yarion. Like for me, that's the big one is just these like I play against the four color, five color value piles all the time. Blink, elementals, whatever. They're all the just like jam all the most expensive, powerful cards in the format and have Yarion is my companion. And ah, those decks really bother me for multiple reasons. Like, I don't like the companion mechanic. I don't like 
that they're just value piles. And I don't like how they make the format so expensive. Like, I, I think that's a sneaky downside of Yarion is those extra cards. People don't fill them with, you know, bulk commons. They're filling them with, you know, the evoke elementals and Omnas and like these really busted, expensive high end cards. And then you end up with a lot of top tier decks that are like literally pushing $2,000, which is just absurd. It's absurd. Like Jun actually looks affordable Jun's compared budget. to a lot of the it's budget now. The top tier. It really, that's not far from being true, though. Like, and that's just insane to me because it used to be that Jund was the outlier, like $1,500 or whatever. Now that's actually cheaper than a lot of other decks in the format. So I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing Yarion go. I, I, I don't know if Yorion or Yar, like, is really that problematic to me yet, but I, I guess just, I think any companion right now, it, it's, it's eventually going to become a problem, right? Like, I don't know about like all the other ones, but Yorion has seemed pretty decent, but I, is it ban worthy? I don't, I don't think it's like worth banning yet. I don't know. There's a lot of other things that I think matter in modern, uh, but modern doesn't feel bad. Like it doesn't. It doesn't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe it's not as bad as Hogak, but like there is, I don't know. Blue Red's not that bad. Is, is it miserable? I, I don't know. I don't think it is. <laughs> is it miserable? Is it yes? <laughs> yes. Come on. Yes. It's so, oh. I mean, this, this reminds me of Legacy kind of, where it's like, there, there's a certain archetype you have to play. And if you play within them, it's like kind of all balanced, but you can't break the mold. And I don't know. Murktide just, it just rose me the wrong way. Like, let me let can't, me ask you, Richard. Jug out. If <laughs> if you if we banned expressive iteration, would that solve the Murktide issue, or do you think it's more than that? I think that helps a lot, right? Um, yeah. But they have like so many problematic cards. Like Murktide Regent is like super problematic. Ragavan is super problematic. So I think it would weaken it, but is it enough to kill it or you know make it fair? Um, like. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good enough. I mean, it would... Here's the thing. So I, I kind of play a Sultai deck, right? I was like, I'm going to play a Sultai mid-range. But then I was like, well, I might as well just cut a color and add red to play expressive iteration, <laughs> right? Like, that, that's what it always came down to, right? And then I'm like, oh, I might as well just add red to play a Ragavan. So, <laughs> like, I just want some diversity. So I think cutting expressive iteration would, like, get people out of red or maybe, like, Ragavan because Ragavan is such like, a free roll. Like, you might as well just add red and put a Ragavan in. And like, it's like the Blood Moon win. Like you just like 20% of the time, you just win off a Ragavan for no reason. So, yeah, I don't know. That's don't that's know. actually one of the reasons I'm hyped about the Pioneer banning is I feel like Winota did the same thing in Pioneer where I'd build these like cool mid-range decks and then I'd look at them once I was done and I was like, okay, this deck looks sweet and it's got a lot of cool cards, but if I'm going to do this, shouldn't I just be playing Winota and getting free wins? Like, why, why would I play any other creature mid-range deck other than Winota because Winota is so busted? So I'm really hopeful that that banning is going to open up the possibility of other creature-y mid-range or mid-speed, I guess stacks being a thing in the pioneer format so uh, so yeah I, uh, hopefully that banning helps there and maybe getting rid of expressive iteration would be enough in modern it's it it should go either way even if it's not enough it should just be banned and then if it's not enough then ban something else in the future we need one man to terminate is what we need but that leads to other problems because the the problem is you have fatal push right you're like okay you're supposed to remove early threats here's a murktide coming down super early like you can't remove it with any with any early removal, right? You can't bolt it, you can't push it, so it becomes a big problem. But like, if you make a one mana terminate, then all your other creatures need to power creep to like get value off of it. So it's like a never ending 
race, but yeah. I mean, I I think that it's is weird. really true because if you look at the other top decks in the format, they other than the value piles was just play a ton of solitudes and whatever, and can uh, they can figure out a way through Murktide with value. Most of the decks are just trying to win before Murktide matters. Hammer time, you know, Amulet tie in, Living End. These are all just race you with my combo deck. So it seems like you're right that the answer to Murktide is just to try to ignore it and win before it can kill you, which I don't know if that's... <laughs> yeah, solitaire. right. This is what we do. We don't even interact, right? We just, um, just go. Just jam the that's, cards. That's not especially fun either, like, or a healthy play pattern, I would say, either. So, yeah, yeah I'm coming around to the idea that maybe Murktide is an issue or, or at least something in that deck. Anyway, any other any other format thoughts being our thoughts, or should we hit up some other topics? I got, a, I got an interesting one for you. So, a, a few weeks ago... Uh, we found out that collector boosters for Double Masters, which actually is spoiler starting later this week, so it's almost Double Masters uh, 2022 time, we're going to have four boosters. They were selling for the same price as a normal collector booster box, a little over 200 bucks, but you got eight less boosters than a normal collector booster box. And then we found out a few days ago that Dominaria Jumpstart is going to have 18 boosters in the pack rather than 24 like previous Jumpstarts. And again, based on early pre-sale stuff on Amazon, it seems like it's selling for the same price, right? About a hundred bucks. So you pay the same amount as you would for last Jumpstart, but you're getting eight less boosters. And that's got me wondering, is shrinkflation coming to magic? I don't know if you all have kept up on this, but like we have all this inflation stuff going on and one thing that's been a big trend is rather than raising prices companies are just giving you less for the same price like Gatorade went from 32 ounce bottles down to 28 ounce bottles or Kleenex cut five tissues from their box of tissues so they're selling them from the same (laughs) the same price but giving you less for that amount of money and that's how the price is increasing do you think that's what is happening with these magic products or is something else going on here I mean I don't know like why right i like it like if they're gonna increase the prices i i really hope it isn't i mean the i i think i would rather just experience a normal price increase because the the problem with shrinkflation is it's like i don't know if i want to say deceptive but it's something companies use to mask their price increases because if you go and buy a box of tissues you're probably not looking at like the number of tissues in the box you're just like oh kleenex i bought those for you know the last 10 years I, i'm just gonna get it so it's a way they can raise prices without it being as obvious and i wonder if that's what wizards is trying to do like maybe this is the price increase but rather than being like okay dominaria jumpstart is going to be 125 dollars a box rather than 100 dollars a box we're just going to cut these eight packs and keep it at the same price point and maybe some people won't note it people are used to buying hundred dollar boxes so maybe this is going to keep people buying more than if we actually uh, jacked up the price and they could see the price increase yeah i mean it is deceptive uh, they're testing it here because it's jumpstart. Like, so when you draft, you're going to immediately notice the number of packs you're missing. But if you're just yep. taking like two packs and shuffling and playing, you might not actually notice the packs are missing. Um, is this warranted? Like, does wizards need to increase price? Like, I, I don't, I don't buy it. I think it's just an excuse, right? <laughs> like, I think a lot of companies are using COVID as an excuse to charge more when it's not necessary. And they can get away with it, right? They're just like, I don't know, COVID, supply chain, ah, wave hands, right? <laughs> and that's that's how I get you. Like, like our Facebook page is banned, right? Because uh, it, it it apparently got triggered by something from Facebook, and they're like, this is inappropriate content. So I filed an appeal, and they're like, okay, 
we saw your appeal. It may take a couple months to process because of COVID. And I'm like, what does COVID have to do with reviewing pages on Facebook, right? Like you're, you can have remote people reviewing pages, but they're just like, I don't know, blame COVID, right? So I feel, I feel this is a little bit of that, right? Like you're printing cardboard. It's like free. Yes, I understand like maybe global supply chain issues. Uh, this will happen, but I can guarantee you like once that is resolved, we're not going back up number of packs, right? Like yeah. Wizards is not going <laughs> to increase back. This is the new norm unless people actually write and complain about it. Like even if it's temporary, like I don't like I like they're just going to use an excuse and make it permanent. So I think this is the new norm. The question is, how do they handle a draftable booster box, right? Because for collector boosters, they already reduced the number down, right? What about set boosters? Are they going to reduce the number down? Draft, they kind of have to keep there. But, you know, are we going to reduce the mythic rate or something? Like, I, I don't know what they're going to do, right? It's weird because these cards theoretically um, don't have value. So I don't know how they're going to, like, juggle around the price of that without changing, like, the actual quantity. But And draft, the quantity actually matters. What about cutting some cards from a pack like i almost feel like i agree with you that they probably don't have to do this we know they're making more money than ever and their profit margins absurd and all this stuff so i don't think there's any reason wizards has to do this and it probably is an easy excuse to blame covid and all the issues with that but what about just like cutting cards from packs i feel like if wizards is gonna go that direction I guess draft boosters is a little bit complicated because of draft in specific, but if I got a couple less commons in a set booster or something, I I don't know if that would bother me. Like if we had to cut back somehow, I almost feel like that would be the least painful for me personally. I I hope they don't go in this route because I was just mentioning a while back that like cutting cards from packs, cutting packs, all of that stuff, that takes away from like the casual appeal of like just buying boxes uh, a lot like how like well I mentioned it like Pokemon does a lot of their stuff to cater towards what feels like cater towards like pack opening content because that's how most people enjoy uh Pokemon cards right just oddly just opening packs that's better than playing the game anything like that right so if Magic wants to kind of move in that direction with like these set boosters uh changing the experience of a set booster all that stuff right like and how you open a pack if you decrease the packs that's definitely taking away from the fun so i hope they don't do that especially when prices are going up yeah like so when you decrease the number of packs you decrease the number of rares and mythics right and that that makes the cards more expensive but like seth's suggestion like this is a 25 percent uh reduction in packs you could just remove like four commons from the packs and then your overall box will be smaller lighter whatever and it will achieve the same result but the value remains the same right so you're not actually charging more so that doesn't accomplish wizard's goal of charging more so <laughs> yeah i guess like yeah like it, it was just it was just a matter of like oh yes you know shipping rates are insane we can't ship around dead cardboard you could just cut like half the commons out of here and then you would reach your goal but that's not what they're doing right they're cutting your rares and mythics so like yeah that's the, the other way they could do it is actually like cut your uh, mythic rate or cut your foils or something while keeping the same number of packs. Like they can do that to adjust the price. Uh, but yeah, they're adjusting price. Like there are other ways to get around these supply chain issues. I mean, I would just much rather if they're going to raise prices, just just do it. The, raise up the price so everyone knows and everyone can make an informed decision because uh, I don't know. I just I'm, Seth. I'm the ah. 
But you know when people are going to complain, and I am exactly the kind of person that would do this, is someone who orders a booster box not realizing there's 25 or 75, whatever amount less packs in it, depending on what product you get. Like, I could totally see myself being someone who would buy a collector booster box at Double Masters and then be super heartbroken when I open it up and find four boosters in there. And the same with Jumpstart. So I just, I, the deceptiveness <sighs> of it but runs That's because me the you know what you're way. doing. But if I went to Safeway and bought a Gatorade, I have no idea there's less Gatorade today than there was a year ago. And I would drink the Gatorade and I would be happy and that would be that, right? So for the casual people, they don't really know how many packs are here, right? So they'll buy it, they'll be satisfied, and like life goes on, right? Which is what bots yeah. wanted. Like, are you counting tissues in your Kleenex box? Are you like, oh... There's ten less. (laughs) My day is ruined. Like even I don't even know, right? Because you're not you're not a Kleenex influencer or something, right? Like it's a very weird title. Oh, that's that's true. Now I want to know if there's Kleenex influencers. Do you think there's actually like sponsored Kleenex streamers? Detailed Kleenex reviews or whatever. Oh God! Uh, we rate the new t- <laughs> Donny paper towels. <laughs> oh my God! All right, all right, all right. So anyway, just keep an eye. If you go to order a box, read the description. Make sure you know what you're getting because it might not be the same amount of packs that have always been there. Like things are things are changing at the moment. So uh, another another topic. This came across Twitter. There's a Twitter account called Magic Data Science, which I think is a relatively new account, but it's one of my favorite accounts to follow and it's just like random magic data that is dug up and you can analyze it but one of the tweets that came out a few days ago that kind of blew my mind is that 20% of all commanders of all legends that are legal to be your commander have debuted since commander 2021 in April of 2021 so essentially a year in a couple of months 20% magic has been going on for almost 30 years now 27 years or something like that in 20% of all the legends have been printed in the past year, which absolutely blew my mind. I guess it intuitively, it felt like we were getting more legends, but I had no idea it was that many legends. So what do you make of this data? And does this mean we're getting too many legends now? Have we reached some tipping point where it's just, there's too many of them? I mean, I think it was cool in Dominaria, right? And then afterwards, everything was legendary. Uh, from a From a commander standpoint, I think like this, this is just, I don't know, but we, we've already got so many commanders. Eventually, how many, uh, how many of them actually feel different? Like from something else? Like yeah. I, I feel like a lot of them are just reprints or something that's slightly similar. That's then something that's already existed before. Like they don't have to make everything legendary. So I, I, I'm, I'm okay. Like if, if it makes sense. If there's like a legendary that like is actually different, but there's been a lot of retreads and some of them just feel kind of similar. They're, they're only slightly different. Yeah, I mean, there's no way one fifth of all commanders <laughs> since uh, the creation of the the game could be unique, right? We have like a lot of just kind of vanilla, like the uncommon ones, like things that are legendary that probably shouldn't be legendary, right? And then we have things that are non-unique they just like staple some abilities on and then you just have the power crept versions of old commanders as well uh, and then once in a while you get something unique right so uh the question is is anyone play these right are they just unnecessarily making legendary creatures that nobody cares about and like nobody actually even plays and then it's in fact ruining 
like standard or something, right? Because like this creature is now legendary when it shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, they just make so many. And like, we don't, like, can you name all the uncommon ones? There's so many nowadays, right? We just I can't even name them. all the mythic ones anymore, usually, if you count <laughs> all the commander precons and stuff. <laughs> I mean, I wonder, too, if there's a risk that it just overwhelms people. Like, I found this with me, even, and we do Commander Clash. So I build around a new commander pretty much every single week. That's 50-some commander, 50, let's say 50 commanders a year I build a deck around. And I even can't get through all the commanders that I want to get to. And eventually I just forget about something. There's something that excited me when it was previewed during Kamigawa spoiler season. And now I probably couldn't even tell you the the name of the card or why I was excited about it. And there was a deck that I would have built if I wasn't immediately on the streets of New Cabana and immediately on to uh, Commander Legends 2. But because there's just so many and there's this constant stream, I kind of get overwhelmed and forget about things that might be really cool and they don't actually get the the credit they deserve, maybe. So I wonder if there's a chance that just so many of them just can overwhelm people, too. Yeah, and I also wonder what normal people do. Like, do you own, like, 50 commander decks? Like, how do you keep building more commander decks? Like, as content creators, we build a deck and then we throw it away, like, immediately, <laughs> right? We play it yeah. once and, like, that's it, right? And we play online so it's easy to get. But, like, if you're building a paper collection, like, how could you possibly keep buying, like, new commanders and keep using them and, like, keep having new decks, right? Like, I, I don't understand what Wizards is expecting from people. Like, is everyone supposed to have 50 commander decks? Like, this format doesn't <laughs> rotate, right? Like, in all other formats, you usually have, like, one legacy deck or one modern deck or maybe two, right? And you play and then you have a rotating standard deck. Like, what are they expecting from commander players? Like... I have like eight commander decks that are fully built and I just keep buying new product and building more decks. Like how do I even play them all? Yeah. Proxies. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess they do not want <laughs> would help from the, from the financial end, I would say, but yeah. How do you even find the time to play all those decks? Even if you built like one deck each set that you're still going to have a lot of decks in a pretty short period of time, so much that you're not going to be able to keep up with all of them, I don't think. Like, I don't know, I just went through this trying to get ready for Command Fest Richmond, and managing a paper collection is hard. Good lord, I do not know. I don't know how people manage to do it, honestly. I had piles of cards everywhere, and I couldn't, I knew I had a card, but I couldn't find the card. Ugh, it's, a, it's a mess, so yeah, I don't, I don't know how you're supposed to maintain 50 commander decks in paper, either financially or just practically. Like, how do you, how do you actually just organize it all? Uh, you, you don't, you don't, I, like the, the, I'll be honest with you. I have my collection, my binder, uh, and multiple binders. And at first you could tell there was a binder, right? Color sorted, all of that. Then halfway through the binder, it's like just randomly the blue Stuff. cards are with the green, like, you know, like the red cards, the, like there's randomly one multicolor card in the center. Uh, and that's just, it, it's just like, okay. An attempt was made. Right. An attempt was made and now I just don't care anymore. I, I just have, I, I think it's worth something. I'll just put it in the binder. I might play this eventually, put it in the binder. Uh, so yeah, that's how you keep a paper collection. The only thing but, I care about is my mana base binder. And that's, that's all I, I, I like keep track of. That's better than me. I just have random piles of cards around my house. I was trying to get ready for Command Fest Richmond. I was like, I, I know there's a pile of, like, Modern Horizons 2 cards that I opened, and I, like, found them in the cupboard in my, like, kitchen. I'm like, oh, how did they get here? I don't even know. I don't even know. There's a pile on the bathroom shelf. There's some in the living room. Just the small piles all over the house. Oh, it's the worst. The worst technique. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know how paper players do it anymore. 
Anyway. So, so do you think they keep this up? Like, they, they don't seem to be le- like, you know, with the latest Commander Legends. They're like, oh, draftable legendaries. There must be 80 billion legendaries, right? Like, do you, do you think they just keep going until, like, every creature is legendary? I I hope not. I think there's diminishing returns. I think they fully printed, definitely printed, too few commanders in the early days. If you go up to the other end of this data, it took them until uh, original Kamigawa to, fin- to print the first 20% of current legends. So that was like 12 years. And then they just did t- what was 12 years in the early days in just over a year for the last 20%. So I think that they definitely were printing too few, especially considering the popularity of commander. But I think they've over-adjusted a little bit. And I hope that Wizards realizes this, that there's diminishing returns. Players can't possibly build every deck. And honestly, a lot of the commanders just aren't that interesting. Like, I'm always excited for the new unique ones, but when it's some random uncommon that's a worse version or a not as interesting version of something we already have, it's so easy to just ignore those cards. And then they make standard a little clunky or whatever. So I hope that Wizards realizes they may be over-adjusted by making everything legendary and like pulls off a little bit and we find a, a, a happy medium. Uh, whether or not they actually do that, I, I don't know. You never know with Watsy, but I'm hoping that that's what happens. What do you guys think? Are we just going to keep getting them? I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wizards right? want to keep selling cards. And the best way is to like add a new commander with some new mechanic and then print like 10 mythics that support that mechanic. And then if you want to buy the deck, you got to buy 11 mythics. Right. Like, so I, I think they will keep doing it, especially with like all the pre-cons that they keep making uh, and inserting like legendaries into standard and things like that. Uh, whether this is good or not, I agree with Seth. This is like terrible for the game, but I don't know that wizards will let off the gas. Right. Because how else are you going to sell commander cards? You need to make new commander decks. Right. If you you can't just power creep all the staples 24 seven. Right. So the best way is to make a brand new archetype or something. Or they make people build a new deck. And this is the reason why, if you want to get ahead of the game, just buy literally any unique card. Anything that's unique, any weird tribe, any weird effect that has no possible use uh, right now. Because you know the way things are going. Sooner or later, Wizard's going to print a commander deck that's perfect for that effect. I mean, we just saw uh, Beantown Bullies with, like, levelers, uh, the horrible demons that, like, lose you the game when they attack. And all of a sudden, those cards are, like, popular and get expensive. So that's that's kind of my current thinking like i just want to buy old random cards that have no uses that are like literal bulk rares at the moment because i know the way things are going we're gonna get commander decks for them and they're gonna spike up to 10 or 20 dollars and i don't want to spend 10 or 20 dollars to put them in my commander deck so the the way to get ahead of the game is just to do it now i think but yeah anyway that uh, there's a lot of that's actually a pretty pretty good idea just buying the random obscure thing so totally agree i'll go with my uh, strategy everything's a child of alara or progenitus <laughs> deck now <laughs> that's, that's my commander it's child of alara bird aggro okay i didn't want to get the new commander it's child of alara thank you <laughs> speaking of new magic cards we just got this morning the new secret layer super drop announcement i believe it's actually for sale now uh richard what's in this secret layer drop all right uh we have a lot of stuff a lot of stuff so we'll we'll try to get through it we have uh kellogg's loops i don't know what this <laughs> what is this but mystic remora retreat to coral helm burgeoning utopia sprawl uh rule the room uh arcanus 
Queen Marchesa, Brimaz, and Savra. Uh, the Tokyo lands. So these are uh, full art lands of Tokyo. They look actually pretty sweet. So one of each land. Um, Livia Prima Artist Series. So Acroma, Micaeus, Glissa. Oh, I got to read. Okay. Acroma, Angel of Wrath, Micaeus, the Unhallowed, Glissa, Sunseeker, and Olivia, Mobilized for War. Next up, Artist Series, Chris Ron. Uh, Prime Time, Primeval Titan, Band and Commander. Yeah, they still made it here. Uh, Huntmaster of the Fells, uh, Platinum Angel, and Kozilek, the Great Distortion. And then Artist Series, Vulcan Baga, uh, Elspeth Knight Errant, uh, Patron Wizard, Berserk, and Verdran Enchantress. So I think those are all the secret layers. Uh, so... Also, today is the release of the the AFR Dragon ones that is not being sold through the secret layers site, uh, but it's like the AFR treatment with the dragons from AFR. From the Where is it Beatles. from, Grim? Grim and Beetles. Grim and Grim and Beetles. So I believe that one's on sale now as well. Uh, more expensive, I think it's one hundred twenty five dollars, but also limited to ten thousand, which. Kind of unique. We haven't really... Uh, kind of a gimmick with secret layer drops is they were supposed to be print-to-demand. So I don't know what to think of layer drops like that. Definitely a little bit different. It reminds me of, like, the Fetchland layer drop where I almost wish Switchers would just call them something else and have secret layers mean print-to-demand and then have another series, I guess, for, like, limited supply stuff. But regardless, the dragons look pretty neat. Yeah, the dragons look pretty sweet. Uh... And then, like, a lot of these secret layers are actually pretty cool when it, when it comes to the art uh, and whatnot. Uh, I, I think, like, actually my, my least favorite is probably the Kellogg's Loops one. But, but like, I really, really like the, the Livia Prima one, the one that has Micaeus, Acroma, Olivia, uh, Glissa, the Tokyo Lands. Those are pretty rad. I don't know why Primeval Titans reprinted. I guess for modern. And the Titan Man. And it, yeah, for, okay. <laughs> Okay. And this is this is the second layer drop too, because they did one with the the Keldheim treatment. Like the special version of Uro. There's like a primeval titan with that treatment too that was a layer drop a few months ago or a year ago now. So yeah, going back to the the primetime well, which is definitely strange with it being banned in commander. How, how how suspect would it be if the RC suddenly announced an unbanning of primeval titan? <laughs> right right <laughs> Yeah, right now is the secret layer drops on sale, so everyone buys it. Oh, I mean, they should unban Primeval Titan or ban Dockside, but the timing I could wait a little bit. Value-wise, these layer drops, I think, are fine. I think the most expensive card is maybe Berserk is like $30, $33, although that's another card. Do you ever play Berserk anywhere? I know it, like, sees playing Legacy, in fact, but it's not legal in Modern. Commander doesn't really play it, so I don't know why it's thirty dollars at this point. I guess just scarcity mostly. Honestly, oh, this yeah. this this feels like uh, it's it's just for modern players. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's there's no way, right? They wouldn't make secret layers for just modern decks because I don't know. Prime time is not legal in most places except for modern and and back. Uh, you have Berserk, I guess. Like. Right? I, I mean, Huntmaster of the Fells, I don't think that gets played anymore. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, no, like, these are not hyper played, right? Like, Huntmaster's yeah. not super played. These are random wait. cards, right? Are you, are you saying your John Midspeed deck doesn't play Huntmaster anymore, Richard? I actually play me? Huntmaster because I'm cultured, <laughs> but a lot of people don't anymore. They don't even play the archetype, so. <laughs> Bless, bless your heart. <laughs> that's that's like the boomeriest John. If you got Huntmaster still in your John deck, you know you're like real. You know, it's John. still really good. 
No, it is what? I think I think I know why you might be getting dunked by merch. Well, I don't even get to turn four to cast the scene. Don't worry about that one. But you know, it's still good. Richard just curving his strangle roots and into his hunt masters, living his best life in modern. No wonder you always died. Died to died. I I, I think Uh, we have other issues, Richard. I, but, I will say with these layer drops, the art's really good. So that's how I'm treating these. If there's one where you especially like the artist or whatever, you like the style of the art, pick them up like usual. Nothing really jumps out like, oh, my God, you got to buy this because it's like super valuable. Although I will say the Tokyo lands will probably be expensive. It seems like every time they do a basic land secret layer drop, when you look back in the prices of the lands like a year or two in the future, oh, they're so expensive. So if you're trying to do the finance game, that honestly might be the the best one long term if you're just trying to get value out of it but otherwise there's a lot of really cool art so if you want random cards with cool art i guess uh i guess this is the thing for you what do you think also, about the special dragon layer drop oh go ahead Grim. sorry didn't mean to cut well you i i was gonna say that the tokyo lands uh, are foil etched and the foil etched foils are actually the ones that i don't mind getting when it comes to foil anything because at least when they're foil etched they don't curl like they normally do uh, as yeah. bad, maybe my it's just my luck, but I, I found that the foil etched are, are like the best foils you can get from Magic. And on top of that, like you had mentioned, the, like the artwork is like godly. I love the Shibuya planes, um, and and whatnot. So, what do you think about the the special dragon drop? Uh, one hundred and twenty five bucks, I believe. You get all the mythic dragons from AFR, including Tiamat. And then I believe it's a dragon horde and then the token that the white dragon makes some equipment, a weird equipment thing that it flips into or something when it dies. Worth it for 125 bucks. I think you also get like a special dice and some other add ons. Old Gnawbones is somehow almost 50 bucks right now. The next most expensive one is Wait, it is? 12. Yeah, it's 48 right now. Uh, so, yeah, Old Gnawbones is is a is a pricey one. But other than that, they're like $12 or less. They're all worth something because they're Mythic Dragons, but it's really old gnaw bones, a couple of like eh, 7 to $10 cards, and then a couple of $5 cards. Uh, I mean, okay, so I guess on top of that, though, right, you're getting like a deck box from uh, Beetle and Grimm's. You get like a little like There's dragon. a special die, I think, like life counter or spin down yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's definitely it. high end compared to a normal secret layer drop. Like it, it's definitely high end and it's got a lot of cool extras with it and it is limited. So there's only 10,000 of these, which is not a huge number, I don't think, compared to a typical secret layer drops. Only and they are 10,000. That sounds pretty high, but I guess <sighs> I think they sell way more of a typical secret layer drop. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um. I think 125 is probably not an unreasonable price for what the what you're getting. Even if it yeah. is obviously way higher than a typical layer drop. Yeah, I I I think so. I mean, I'm not sure cuz like I've never actually seen anything Beetle and Grimms in person, right? I I saw the Neon Dynasty backpack. That looked really cool. But, like, that was, like, absurdly high-end in price. I think right? that was, like, 500 or something. I was just looking on their site, and, yeah, I think you can still get the backpack, but, yeah, it was, like, 500 or some very high price. But you get a ton of other stuff with it. I didn't read the whole list, but there was a half a web page of, like, add-ons that you get with it or whatever, so. Yeah, you get, like, a light-up playmat, all these coins, and, like, you know, like, a mirror gallery thing. Like, there, there's a lot there. Uh, but, yeah, like, this one, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, you would, like, it would have to be good enough 
to where you want the deck box. I think like the deck box, the life counter, and then I think whatever the Jeff D like see like dragon is that like a let me see here. Oh sleeves. Oh those are sleeves. Okay, so the inferno of the star mount sleeves are there. Uh yeah, I mean I don't know I don't I, I don't know if I think I want those cards. I guess if you factor in like old knobbone plus like a thirty dollar deck box, let's call it thirty forty dollars. Sleeves is like ten dollars. Die cast. You know what? You probably get exactly uh like uh, maybe you, you come out of this like a little bit more than one hundred twenty five dollars. So I think it's actually okay if you want this stuff. Yeah, that's that's <sighs> kind of where I'm at. Reminds you of Costco. You go there and you're like, look, it's cheaper, but it's like eight times the amount I need. <laughs> right. And then you justify, but it's like five percent cheaper. So I'll just buy it, right? And then you end up like throwing half of it away. So like if you actually need like every single one of these cards and you want the deck box, then it's worth it, right? But you know, if you only need an old knob or something and you're justifying the rest, then it's probably not worth it, even though mathematically it all, you know, adds up and is worth it, right? So, um, but I, I do think it, it comes down to that deck box. So if you don't want the deck box, I don't think this is worth it. And to be honest, the secret layer is kind of boring, right? It's just the, the, the classic module art or whatever, or not the classic module, uh, like the old manual art that we, we've seen several times in other uh in other sets so it's not especially inspiring but i don't know if you're a huge dnd fan i guess right i do like that treatment i'm not a dnd fan i still think it's a pretty cool looking treatment uh so that that is a an appealing thing to me and i guess other cards in that treatment uh, seth that's true don't cost 125 do you do you think these end up super expensive long term i guess that would be my other reason to consider getting it would be there's only ten thousand. i mean i guess you never know if wizards will just I'd print more with that treatment. Hopefully, I guess they probably wouldn't do that. But do you think these cards end up being like expensive long term? Because there's only uh, 10,000 of the old knob bones in existence or whatever. Maybe. But I mean, like, that's, I guess, of this treatment. But like, I'm pretty sure old knob bone will probably come back in some other printing. Yes. Right. So, yeah. so the question would be, like, does a treatment make it? especially valuable because old knob bones itself is going to be reprinted i'm sure a million times like a 50 dollar card is a is definitely begging to be reprinted in something but i wonder if people will pay a premium for for that treatment and the scarcity of it in the future or 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 maybe the other thing is like maybe old knob bones just isn't exciting in a couple years because there'll be a better old knob bones printed somewhere that does kind of the same thing but it costs six mana or whatever is flashier or something so that's the other thing, even though it's a $50 card now, maybe maybe commander cards don't have that lifespan anymore with how many cards we're getting now in the power creep aspect. Yeah, you remember Phyrexian Elish Nord? Like, <laughs> yeah. You, you run the risk of just randomly, print. like there's no guarantee that they don't make this exact version again, right? Like they haven't stated true. that. Or did they? Like what, what does the 10,000 no, apply to exactly? I uh 10,000 of these that are for sale so limited like time only you get them sure. get them now before they run out but i have not heard an explicit promise that they'll never reprint them or anything like that no yeah like that's the risk so even if this ends up super expensive like what if they just reprint the style old nabon again i mean if they reprint frexian elish norn which was a judge promo as a layer drop they can reprint anything <laughs> like I, I figured that would be something that they wouldn't reprint and they did so True. I, I I thought that would have never gotten reprinted. Uh, but in a cool way, I guess it is pretty sweet. I mean, I'm, I'm happy it exists, but just surprised. 
also and these cards don't have numbers on them right they're not actually like it's not like one of ten thousand right oh like the viscera I don't, seer i don't yeah. believe they're numbered no not not that i've seen don't don't quote me on that maybe i'm missing it but uh yeah i don't i haven't heard that they're numbered it's not on the front of the card that they're showing so yeah i don't know i guess this is like more of a collector's item i think i think if you need an old novel for play i think you just wait for it to be reprinted and yeah. just get it somewhere but if you, yeah. you like the aesthetics, you like the box, you like Beetle and Grimm's, right? Then this is like an awesome product for you. So yeah, I think that's that's about right. I think it's a, if you like all that stuff, it's a fair price. If you just want the cards to play with, wait for them to get reprinted or pick up the non old Nobbins Dragons for for a cheaper price. So yeah. Anyway, I think those were all of our topics for today. But we got a couple minutes, so Richard, why don't you uh, hit us with some fish mail? All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTGOldfish with the hashtag MGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. Again, Penguin, do you think with the new interactive cards in Modern, like Unholy Heat, Prismatic Ending, Fury, Asmo, Counterspell, etc., we'd be able to deal with Oko better if he were hypothetically <laughs> unbanned? Yes, we would be able to deal with it better, but... <laughs> The card broke vintage. It broke legacy. It broke like the most busted Force of Willy formats in existence. So we would not be able to deal with it well enough that it would be a healthy card. It also pitches itself to Force of Willy. Wow. <laughs> oh, that is that is true. Yeah, no, I, I do not think that that would be a safe card to unban, even with the new interactive spells. It's going to be a very long time until that gets unbanned, and I am very scared for when that day comes, because something better has happened. It's never, it's not going to happen. Well, would who knows? I, would it really matter? That's my question. Like, Modern has just got to a place where you just, like, over-the-top combo everyone. Like, who cares about Oko? Unless your combo <sighs> needs a creature, <laughs> right? But if you don't need a creature, you're like, whatever, Oko, whatever, right? I'm just going to kill you. So maybe it's actually okay based on the metagame. What was the metagame with Oko before Oko? Oko. It was like, it's whatever Splash Oko. <laughs> before before he was released. Were, were oh. still, was Tron still playable at that point? I don't remember. I, no. Uh, did Eldraine come out right after Modern Horizons 1? I feel like that was right after Hogak Summer. But I could be. Yeah, Maybe I'm was. getting my ears wrong. Because people were playing Jun with Red and Six, and it was good, right? So people right. were like mid ranging and stuff. So Oka was like destroying that meta, right? So. It's funny that it doesn't matter. <laughs> maybe, maybe it would be okay. Oh no, I, I, I'm not gonna be convinced that it's okay. I think it would still be busted. I mean, it'd be I broken that you couldn't play any mid range deck without Oko, right? So if you wanted to play fair magic, you had to play Oko, and and they're like still tied. <laughs> It would definitely slide into those five-color Yarion piles. Like, if you're playing four-color Elementals, four-color Blink or whatever, you're definitely jamming it in there for sure. Or in Fairies. Yes, in Fairies. (laughs) I I legitimately played uh, Saltai Fairies just to add Oko. And let me tell you, I won a lot more. (laughs) I I don't know if you saw this, Krim. Did you see someone 5-0'd with a, like, Fairies-ish Flashless with Slitherwisp in it? It was like some fairies oh. and like Slitherwisp in modern, like recently. In oh, in modern, yeah, okay, modern one. It made me it I, made me think of of you when I saw it that someone five voted with it. Wait, I didn't know that it happened in modern. I've been playing it in Pioneer, uh, just because there was an Ooh. Esper Flash deck, right? Like that I was like noodling around with, and Cunning Nightbonder is like the Lord effect. Uh, yeah, because. 
because wandering like, emperor is three mana and and i played ashiok's ooh. erasure which is three mana so oh that's that's spicy with the flash ramp yeah it had like spell stutters and bitter blossoms but also slither wisps going on yeah 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 slither wisps is sweet okay i'm glad that that exists hold on i gotta see this at some point that seems cool i'll, I'll find you i'll find you the list i'll hook you up all right, last question, Juanchaka. Now that we're going back to Dominaria, are slivers coming? Why not? What would it take for them to come back? I think do they'll you come want back. them to come back. That's the first question. I do not want to see twenty twenty two slivers. <laughs> so you don't like the movie Predator? Is what I'm getting. <laughs> okay, I like, mean, like, hey, like they gotta be ridiculously broken, right? Like they can't bring them back and make them bad. So they have ah, to make well, them good actually, according to 2022 design, right? I don't know about that, right? I mean, we, we we've seen them bring back some tribes, and they're not that great. The problem with slivers is like, how many designs are there? If you stick to the the normal format where it impacts all the other slivers, I felt like even last time we got slivers, it was a lot of just redundant ones. Like, oh, it's another two mana lord. Oh, it's another gem hide sliver that, that makes Except everything make mana. So I think Boomer Magic, Seth. <laughs> you know, like every card. So like, think of like the two mana three three vigilance haste creates a treasure or something like that, right? Like now it's a sliver, and all your <laughs> oh. slivers do that. So when the ETB, oh. they make a treasure. They have <laughs> dual abilities like haste vigilance. Okay. Right? Okay. They're all like yeah. mini Okos. Like they all become planeswalkers. That can <laughs> every, elk things. Right? Everything like, becomes well, an and elk. easily they could have one that gives every sliver ward. Right. Like that yeah. way you have ward shroud. I don't know if they have a hexproof one yet. Uh, then then you also have. I don't know. Is there an infect sliver? There. There's a bad one, like a poison one right. sliver, like the old yeah. school infect. Yeah. But but is there infect? I don't think there there's is. There's not literal yeah. infect, just poison, yeah. Yeah, so I like, there. oh yeah, there's lots of things they could still do then. Like, imagine like, you could have like an, an esper colored one and it would give it connive, you know what I mean? So, there's, well, there's old, a lot. Old gnawbone sliver. All your slivers have oh. whatever creature <laughs> yeah. deals damage, create a treasure. So you play two slivers, make 86 mana, and you're like, yes. <laughs> and the I sliver think- party never ends. I think they'll do it. I, I think slivers are popular enough that they'll bring them back, but they just have to choose their spots because it's not a tribe that you can print every year or something or they'll just get busted. But maybe it'll be I mean, they're way. already busted. <laughs> uh, will, 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 they, will they go back to the old templating where it affects your opponent's slivers for justice? Ooh, I think they'll go back. They'll go back to the old art because there was so much uproar about the humanoid slivers, but I don't think they'll go back to the old templating. It's been a long time since we've had a lord that hit your opponent's things. All right, all right. All right, that's all the time we have for Fishmail this week. Thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have future questions, send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag MPGFishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I think that brings us to the end of episode 385 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Graham, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Car Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about Double Masters 2022 spoilers and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So, until then... Have a wonderful week, everyone, and this is a crew signing out.